Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Tech and Soul podcast. I am Tamika Key. No, Lindsay Johnson, we don't hear anything. I'm being extra. You still yeah. can't hear Yeah, now I can. I'm being extra. I, I'm using a new mic today. Uh, this was my son's gaming mic, and all his friends said it was dope. Oh, no, oh. They, they say tough. It was tough. Oh, tough yeah. is the new word now? Oh, my God. Like, like he'll say that fit is tough, right? So, oh, wow. <laughs> so and, I'm, and I'm seeing all these YouTubers hand-holding mics and Instagrammers. So, you know, I want to join the ranks mm. of the YouTubers and the Instagram. Okay. Well, the, you guys have heard it today. We have, we are joining the ranks of the YouTubers and the Instagrammers. Actually, we do have this. This is on YouTube. This is on Substack. This is on all of the things first. And and to to uh, what is the word to mimic our YouTube brethren? Please subscribe. Please please like. Please follow. Hit the subscribe down below. Um, so we have a great episode today. Uh, episode seven, right? Um. We're going to talk about new year, new you, new Cat Williams. Um, for those, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, all I was going to say is, uh, can you lay out for the people again, the lenses that we look at topics through? Yes. Yeah. And then can you also set up your Otter AI to record this? Por favor, because it was recording the last time, but it's not recording now. Um, so we, Tech and Soul, Navigating Digital Dimensions is the full name of this uh, this show. And we navigate the world through many different lenses, but primarily four. One is as um, from the advertising and publishing landscape. I think that's the, that's the common, that's one of the commonalities that we have. Those are the industries that we've been in. So when we say advertising and publishing, I think it's media owners, creators, the creator economy, it's advertising and how ads are monetized and how content's monetized. Um, the other lens is creators, and creatives ourselves, because I have a writing background. I think Lynn, you spoken word writing, among other things, coding. So there's there's sort of that piece. Um, the third lens is entrepreneurs, because while I do think creators and advertising industry people, among other things, are also entrepreneurs. Not every entrepreneur is in that space. So I think there's there's an element of how does this affect sort of monetization and business? And then the fourth lens um, is as Black women, because that's, that's sort of what we are, which is the first lens. But um, we sometimes talk about things from that perspective. I feel like that's, would, do you have anything to add to that? No, those are the perspectives and I'm ready to go. You know, usually, Tamika, when we do a topic, I put on my Jay-Z back, right? And I like, I freestyle, right? I Off the dome. Mm -hmm. uh, I might open a couple of links, but not really in depth. But for this one, oh. I need to get some background. So I've got my little bullet points going here. Damn, we ready today. New year, new you. New year, yes. new me. So yes. go for it. Do we want to give some context to 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 sort of what we're talking about yeah so i think you should do that because you were the one yes because you said there's a reason we should be talking about this from you know the tv perspective mm -hmm. so yeah 
So um, on December 3rd, December 3rd, January 3rd, um, January 3rd, Cat Williams, who's a very famous comedian um, and like insanely funny and ridiculous, um, went on a show called Club Shay Shay, which is Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp, the former NFL football player, has a YouTube show. Um, it's not even, I don't think it's just YouTube, but he has his own show, very similar to this, but he has actual guests in person. Um, and Cat Williams basically used um, the episode of, you know, of Club Shay Shay to just kind of tell some truths about um, being a black comedian, about his life, you know, growing up and, and sort of his background, his biography, but then also some of the shady things and dealings and sort of backdoor kind of things that happen in the entertainment industry for comedians. He, uh, it was interesting because I don't watch Club Shay Shay. Um, I didn't even know it was a thing. Um, and I don't follow Cat Williams. I like Cat Williams, but I don't, you know, I don't follow him. And I was inundated that day. So was, I think it was um, January 3rd. I was inundated that day in my feed with uh, memes instantly of Cat Williams, like telling this and telling that. I'm like, what the heck happened? And then just, um, and so, you know, when, when things start to happen uh, culturally now, I mean, it's it's almost a split second. It's like literally you can make a video and instantly be a meme. I mean, within 10 minutes, right? And then if it becomes viral and gets picked up, then it swirls. So I was just like, what is he talking about and what happened? Um, and the next, I went to actually, I didn't watch the episode, uh, but I won actually a friend of mine who's not, with the shits, as the kids say, a friend of mine who's very, very kind of politically and and um what and public policy focused had posted <laughs> actually a very meaningful uh note on Instagram. And she'd said, you know, I did not expect to, I did not expect to feel so poignantly um connected to um Cat Williams sort of telling his truth on this show, but he said some things about sort of abuse and growing up and, and things in the black community that just really resonated with her. And I was like, whoa. So, so I was like, I have to see what this is. That was January 3rd, January 4th. I watched it. By the time I tuned in on January 4th and I watched it on YouTube, it had 10 million views. 10 million views. And so the, the thing that I thought of about, I mean, I thought about a bunch of different lenses, obviously. The main thing I thought of is you have sort of the traditional linear TV landscape um, kind of rapidly eroding as we know it. And yeah. with, with media companies kind of struggling to quantify how, quantify, you know, must the idea of must-see TV is right. no longer a thing, right? The idea of, you know, a primetime TV show, I should actually probably look at, look up some stats, but the idea of a primetime TV show being this moment where millions of people all come to watch this thing at once because it was well-produced and mainstream, I think is, is, is over. And you have this random show hosted by a media personality, you know, he, he, Shannon Sharp is not no one, right. But that was able to quickly amass millions of views. Abuse, yeah, that's, I, that's the context. That's the context. So I want to give you a little background of yeah. what I call the rise of 
athlete TV. Oh, something, something like something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I started noticing this around the time that um, LeBron James dropped this, the barbershop uh, uh, style interview, style mm -hmm. talk. There's mm -hmm. also a um, battle rapper, damn, his name escapes me now, who has a similar type show that's a, you know, and they talk about rap on his show and it's um, in the barbershop as well. So LeBron had his, and it was on one of the cable networks, oh. escapes me now, I should have, yeah, but it's also, but it's also on YouTube, right? And so it's, um, they've started a whole network there, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. LeBron has an entire media company, let's be clear. Right. Yes, right. Spring Hill, Spring Hill Entertainment, which is his is sort of his creation. But keep right. going. But this is the uninterrupted channel. Yeah. So the Barbershop show, show sits there. But as well, there's a couple of other shows like Iman Schumpert, who is the basketball player. He has a show. Yeah, let's not make the faces about what's going on with he and Tiana right now. I don't even um, know him as a basketball player. I know him as Tiana Taylor's husband, but that's separate. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's separate. So there's that. But then there was also, there was I Am Athlete, mm. um, which some of the, there were NFLers and some of them are now part of something called the Pivot Podcast, right? And then you have the Nightcap Show, which has Ocho Cinco. Oh, I love Ocho Cinco. <laughs> and Shay, right? The Nightcap Show also has Shay. Mm. Um, Cam Newton, uh, another oh. former NFLer, he has a show where yeah. he sits down in a chair, cigar type thing. So there's Pivot Podcast. There's another one called All the Smoke with Matt Barnes. Um, wow. So, yeah. So I'm saying there's like all of these former basketball players, former NFLers, some of them still playing. Um, you know, when uh, back in the day, like some of the players would end up being announcers when yeah, that was the path. That, that was, was the path. path. You you went from sports to being an announcer. Or... That's what Howie, Howie Mandel, that's what that's what most of the players are. That's what the, the old school legacy players on ESPN, right? Like they would be the announcers. Mm -hmm. Right. But now they are launching their own networks or media channels, right? And they're mm -hmm. using YouTube as the primary platform. But beyond that, not just these kind of shows, but like shows like Joe Budden, um, these, these other type of podcasts. And you, you talk about this must-see TV. What I am noticing is people will announce, I'm having a live on Wednesday about the Cassie suit against Diddy, mm -hmm. right? And you will see hundreds of thousands of people log mm -hmm. in. And it kind of reminds me of during the pandemic, how everyone was logging into Versus or, mm -hmm. or um, you know, things like that. So I'm just, I'm seeing this as like the new must-see TV are these lives mm -hmm. that happen. And already there's another dude who's interviewed Kat as a follow-up, a dude <laughs> named Willie D. <laughs> I was like two or three days ago and that one's all already at like three or four million. It might be five since I looked at it. It might even be 10. I don't know. Um, uh, but Willie D, I don't know who Willie D is, but Willie D has a show on YouTube and now he has millions of viewers with Kat. So television landscape is changing. Like people keep talking about linear versus CTV. Mm. Mm. 
I don't know. Some stuff, even I see people like crazy thousands of people logging into, you know who Amanda Seals is. Oh, yeah. Not like, like yeah. actress, comedian, yeah. rapper. She's done it all, right? Um, she'll record her radio show because she has a radio show. She'll broadcast it live on Instagram and you'll see like thousands of people tuning in. So this is a channel that I don't, no one's talking People are not talking about this. Well, I, so it's interesting because I, I go to also thinking of Red Table Talks, right? Which is what, which was Jada Pinkett's platform on Meta. I think, I don't think that no one's talking about it. I think that from, from what I've seen on the kind of, if I put my SIM hat on, from what I've seen is on the, from a transactional standpoint, right? From a, um, let's say in terms of monetizing this content, um, there are, you have media companies and traditional media companies that want their content to be seen in one very specific bucket. They spend a ton of money to produce it there and they have a ton of overhead and they're like, this is premium content. Then you have the platforms, Google, Meta, TikTok, admittedly. Um, and some companies want to lump that into UGC, which is, a, which is an insane kind of, um, which is an insane way of kind of, uh, of trying to minimize the impact or, or the. But they call it influencers, right? Yeah. Influencers. But, but it is to your point, it is another channel at this point. And I think what's most interesting is if we talk about monetization, the user does not think that this content is different. The user's like, I will either pay for this in, in terms of a subscription, right? Like I'll pay Netflix to watch their shows. I will, or I will pay the YouTube person to subscribe to their exclusive content or I, you know, yeah. So the user will pay or I will pay in attention to watch an ad. I think, so that's one person that that's one sort of element that matters. If you think about the media agency though, right? Cause we're talking about advertising. That's how the money gets funneled through. There's from what I've seen, there's, there's <laughs> on the one hand, you have media agencies that are like, listen, the stuff we get from a Paramount and NBCU, a, a traditional media company is clean, it's safe, it's well lit. It's expensive, but we know exactly what we're getting. Some media agencies feel like that. And they're like, I don't know exactly what I'm getting when I buy on YouTube or, or Meta or this. I don't know if I'm actually getting this many views because it's not tracked in the same way. You have other media agencies and, um, and teams that are like, homie, inventory is inventory is inventory. I am trying to reach an audience. And if my audience watches, is my audience is watching, if my audience watches LeBron James on an NBA game, that's great. If my audience is watching LeBron James on his uninterrupted channel, that's great. I actually want to buy all of that in the same way because I want to, I want to, I want to reach my audience and I don't actually care what's premium and what's not. And you guys are creating problems with me trying to buy this. And so I think that there's, so I think that it's not that it's not being talked about. I think that it's hard, it's a little bit harder to monetize right now. And um, and there's resistance from the the kind of traditional media companies in, in admittedly saying we invest in we invest millions of dollars in creating content. It it should not be held on the same regard as something that is cheaply produced. I'm inclined to agree with them. But when you look at something like a club Shay Shay. Which is which was well produced, you know. Um, what's the value of that? What's the value of a captive audience that is not 
that is not looking away, that is not on their phone. Maybe they're on their phone sending people like, oh my God, did you see what happened with Cat William? Right. 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 So. And they're creating memes, right? Um, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, right? But to your point, some of these shows, because they are these people who have been rappers who made, you know, good money or athletes who made good money, they are able to have a very well-produced show, yes. right? And so I, I can't say what's happening with Club Shay Shay or any of those, but I do know like someone like a Joe Budden will go get sponsorship deals, right? Yes. Club Shay Shay was interesting so from a, Club Shay Shay was actually interesting. A couple of things that I noticed when I watched was that Shannon Sharp had his own ads integrated in the show, right? So the first thing was the show is kind of underwritten by his cognac brand, right? right. Everybody, the cognac, uh -oh. the cognac, the product placement is right, yeah. is front and center in the screen. And actually, Pat Williams kicked it off by talking about how smooth it was. I am a connoisseur. <laughs> the Henny is not the Henny, guys. It's not, not the Henny. Henny is cheap. Um, but... So that's one, right? So there's product placement. The, the product is prominently placed. It's actually a, a focus of the conversation. So I think that's one he's monetizing that way. But then he had his own ads for DraftKings or one of the sports betting apps right. integrated in. And then on top of that, there were the YouTube ad breaks. So I what's interesting is, again, if I'm media buyer, if I'm media buyer at a massive agency, and I'm trying to reach this audience. I go through my trading desk. I go through my DSP. Or actually, I go through YouTube and get some ads. And I buy some ads across, you know, age and gender, whatever, targeted sports, blah, 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 right? Uh, don't kill me, YouTube, if you're probably, your demographics, are probably, your targeting is probably broader than that. I mean, more narrow than that. I get it. But um, I, I access that inventory that way. What's more interesting to me is did DraftKings or whichever sports betting, I think it's sports book, did he, you know, did Club Shay Shay's team go sort of broker that deal? And what kind of metrics, what kind of metrics are they giving sports betting, booking, whatever? And then also, how is he tracking sales of his cognac? cognac. Right. Like is it going into so I think it's it's interesting. Um the monetization is there, the measurement of how the measurement of, of things would be interesting from that from that perspective. Yeah, because I'm I'm sure I have not looked yet. Like some of these, some of these kind of channels we're talking about are purely YouTube, right? But then mm -hmm. others are actually podcasts. So you can find them on Spotify or Apple or whatever, like how we are. Mm -hmm. Um so for the most part, right, if you're brokering the deal yourself, then that has to be baked in, right? And what I am finding out, because someone looked at my profile, there are these, just like there's these influencer agencies, there are these podcast agencies, yeah. now, right? Yeah. Who are, you know, so maybe I should follow up with that person. But anyway, there are these podcast agencies now who are helping podcasters to earn revenue. Right. Yeah, I. Sorry, please continue. God, no, no, no. I was. I, oh, was, I saw the link that you sent, but I thought it was less about podcasters earning revenue. From what I understood with that company, and we could just say who they are. I mean, why not, right? You guys. Yeah, want to let's look at it. 
Because um, they would they were checking me out. Right? Um, what was it called? Um, from what I from what I gathered, they were bookers. Right? Yes, for for executives that want to be on podcasts. Ah, okay. They were bookers only. I thought I saw some revenue play. But maybe, but but what's interesting is if you are in their network, for example, if if they do, let's say they do a discovery call with us and they're like, oh, what do you talk about? Then we are part of their roster of podcasts that that the executives get placed on. Got you. Then gives that's that was what I oh, so talent so it was talent booking. I thought I saw a revenue link on there too. So it's more like talent booking. But maybe I mean oh. you know maybe I that that's just what I thought. Okay, uh, I right. could be okay. completely wrong. So um, I derailed our conversation. No, this oh. is great because we're talking about monetization. We're talking about again. It's it still comes. But there are there are. Um, I mean, doesn't isn't Acast like a monetization platform for? podcast you've heard of that i don't know what that you is. never heard of Acast? no i mean i think they do audio all over but let me um, i mean so i think this is a thread that kind of runs through most of our episodes though right there is this yes, there are so many is if i put my entrepreneur hat on right because we've talked about we've talked about it from the advertising and publishing landscape probably most of this conversation um you know if i put my entrepreneurial hat on I think that if I am Shannon Sharp or if I am if I am Tamika Key and, and Lindsay Johnson right I am thinking about how what are the variety of ways that I can monetize which platform which platform gives me the most direct access to my audience like in the example that you gave with LeBron James right so maybe it started on YouTube but he probably has his own website now at this point or he has his own app so he's able to sort of Get that three. It was like on Showtime. It was on, yes, right. But he has that three sixty view of the audience to be able to kind of, and and that's a thing that I think. Um, I mean, it's interesting because the platforms like the OEMs, so LG, Samsung, Roku, they all also now have like homepage content, and they acquire content and 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 shows so that you could find a home on the Roku channel so that people then, yes, they could get your content on YouTube, but actually when they turn on their big screen and they're not necessarily in the YouTube mindset, your show can show up on their, on their homepage. And I think that is, that's an interesting thing. I also have a, a, a friend who they have a, a company called dot studio pro that essentially lets people create their own, um, app, like their own streaming channel. Right. And then they help them get distribution. And so I think I mean, it comes down to one. How do you I think I think this is a, a this is just one more example of the democratization of 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 content and the ability to get content in front of people. But I do think you still have to have a way to aggregate a big audience. And it helps if you have a following from before. Um, so like an Amanda Seals or any of these athletes, right? It's you still, there's a reason that people are coming to pay attention to you. So that's one thing. Um, but I guess maybe I have a question for you. I think you're looking for something, but as a creator. Yeah, I was looking for something. Go ahead. How, how do you think what, as a creator, a creative yourself, what did you think when you did, when you watched the episode or when you saw the memes? 
Okay, so it did make me think about uh, the thing I was looking for is I think I told you before about uh, a company called Brand Advance. Um, they have ad tech company, they have creative agency, they also own, have O&O, operated own, uh, owned and operated media properties. Um, but they now are doing um, TV channels, right? And they're doing yep. it in partnership with Samsung and Pluto. Yep. But they're looking for content creators for content on these two channels they have. And they have a, a, a Generation Black and they have Hispanic Music and Lifestyle. So yeah. they're looking to make deals with content creators. Content so that's creator. what, right. So as a creative, that's the thing I'm thinking about. I'm like- How do you get distribution? How do I, right. How do I get distribution and revenue beyond what I'm doing myself, right? Do I go talk to a company and have them sponsor a few shows and- you know, put their name in the shows and <clears throat> intersperse it throughout the content, like how you said Shay Shay was doing. Um, Shay do you Shay make Shay. an ad? Or do, do, you, do, an do ad? you make an ad to, to, you know, or do you go the route of getting on a, and ACAST is a, mon a distribution monetization platform, ACAST, Captivate, you know, all these other ones, even Spotify, right? Do you go let Spotify be your main home and then you get your revenue share that way, right? Like, do you want to, or do you tug, plug into all of these channels? I mean, that's what I would do, right? Like, that's, <laughs> I mean, and that, that's, that's, I feel like it's a, obviously you, you maybe pick one and focus on that, but like, we're in the era of you get your coins, how you get them, right? And so I think it's, it's all of those. I think it's also an element of which of those which of those will let you in based on the size of your audience, right? Some, so there's like a lot of YouTube, cre uh, there's a lot of creator platforms on YouTube that will help you monetize, but they want you to have X number of views first before you even get in, before it's worth their while. Um, I want to shift gears. I mean, I feel like we've probably got maybe five minutes left. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? Um, and talk about this from... Uh, Black woman lens. Um, it was so interesting. I was taken back to I <laughs> I was taken back to the 80s when Robin Givens did an interview with Mike Tyson, and I think it was Barbara Walters, right? I think it was Barbara. I think it was Barbara, or it was uh I called her Baba because that's what they used to call her yeah, on Saturday Night Live. I think it was. I'm gonna look that up. It was. It was either her or gosh, the other woman is. Her name is. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. But I I was taken back to that time when I just remember that being a big thing, right? Because these mm -hmm. talk shows, right, and people having int intimate conversations are like the Whitney Houston interview. Yes, gotcha. but less less that and more because <laughs> crack is cheap. <laughs> I don't smoke crack, Barbara. But no, and it wasn't Barbara. It wasn't Barbara. Barbara. It's this other woman you're talking woman. about. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Diane Sawyer. Uh, Diane Sawyer. Sawyer. Yes, Diane Sawyer. We respect you. Um, but I I just remember having this moment of I just remember not quite understanding why this interview was such a thing and why and I just there's a couple of things in my head I remember like 
he's a manic depressive and like her saying that. And then the, the furor in our community about her sort of airing their dirty laundry in front of white people, doing it on TV, this, this whole thing. And I just, and I, I felt like that was, it was akin to that with Kat and Shay Shay, almost like he was kind of revealing some things about the black that we usually in and private. Right. Right. No. And I'm not saying that it should, but I feel like that's what some of the pushback was from some people. And it was so interesting. And I don't know if that's, is that a distinctly black community thing from a perspective of, Hey, we need to keep our stuff in house and not have it exposed and not have it potentially be torn down. Um, or, or, you know, I don't know what it was, but that I was very much reminded of that interview. Um, and the, the, the intimacy that, that, that kind of Cat Williams displayed and the vulnerability at times that it just kind of took me back to that. And so I was like, wow, have we also, are we entering a different era in terms of black masculinity and how it's portrayed and, and, and the spaces that it's okay to have that, um, those, those kinds of conversations and, and definitely to what you said there, I think is what is happening now. The culture is changing. So as a black woman, that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing that the culture is changing. Men are being more vulnerable and candid in these types of interviews we're seeing. They're selecting who they're going to speak to because of this, right? Instead of, he didn't want to take it to TV to no. right? He's selecting the because he knows which audience is tuning in. It's like... It's the same when someone chooses to go to Drink Champs, which is another one of these popular shows, right? Um, <laughs> uh, right, like Kanye chose to go to Drink Champs over the press, right? Oh, but also, right, but again, yes, I see the opportunity for Black men to talk to Black men and be more vulnerable. I don't know if you saw this conversation between... Um, Jeezy and Nia Long. No. Very vulnerable. Candid. Mm. It's on his YouTube channel. Mm. Um, very vulnerable, candid conversation about relationships between Black yeah, men. He, got a, he just got a divorce, right? Yes. I think he's divorcing his wife or something. And yes. And that, that's been all over social media because his wife is, I think she's biracial and like that's a whole thing. And then people, yeah, wow. She's She's Asian. She used to be on The Real. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she, well, yeah. So what I'm saying is just these intimate moments I'm seeing because we're able to talk to our people now and it's not on the big network. So we we think we're talking to mm. the Black community. Mm. But it's getting out there. It's still no. It is, but it, it's that's interesting because then I go back to the I do go back to the to the Robin Givens interview because that was not to the black community. That was to all of America, right? And there was this idea of don't you know don't don't show don't air our dirty dirty don't show our dirty laundry. Um, yeah. So I think that's a perfect place to end. What do you sounds think? Sounds good to me. I said it sounds great to me. You you know. 
we should say we will be having guests soon. Oh my God, yes. We'll be having guests pretty soon. Um, excited. I think our first guest, should we say who it is? It's going to be- Yeah, um, why not? So people can Albert, tune in. Albert Thompson from Walton Isaacson. Super excited. We're going to get a bunch of different guests um, coming over the course of the next set of episodes. We definitely think you should subscribe. Subscribe here on Substack. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe Apple. SoundCloud, Apple Music. Apple. We would love to, um, as content creators ourselves, we would love to be able to uh, quantify our audience. Um, also, feel free to, Lynn, what's our email address? Is it techandsoulpod at gmail.com? Gmail Send us uh, any questions or ideas for topics that you might want us to cover and let us know if you want to be a guest. Right. And we're on Instagram and about to be on LinkedIn too. Oh my God. Yes. Instagram. Oh yes, we are on IG. Follow us on IG, Tech and Soul Pod as well. Talk to y'all soon. Bye. <laughs>